Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I am your host, Paul. Joining me, as always, is Dan. Hello. Adam. Hello. And Aaron. Hi. And I know Aaron doesn't want to do it, but let's get into the Thursday night game. I do have some thoughts about the uh, Green Bay Packers offense, but before I get into that, I do want to talk about is Jared Goff and Dan Campbell like the perfect odd couple? I feel like they are just, they get each other. Dan Campbell is getting more out of Jared Goff than anybody else has. Well, which one is Oscar? Which one was Oscar? <laughs> I believe he was the sloppy one. That would be Jared Goff. Okay. Well, I guess Dan Campbell, I mean, he's kind of a like a Midwestern mm-hmm. sort of meat and potatoes type of guy. I yeah. Mean, but I feel they're more buttoned up. Jared Goff is just kind of the California surfer. Yeah. He's, he's just uh, relaxed, letting yeah. him go. Uh, Jared Goff definitely living his best life as the quarterback of the Lions right now. A lot of pressure was put on him with the Rams, and hey, they made it to a Super Bowl, did not win, and McVay was pretty quick to get rid of him after yeah. that. I always thought the kid had talent, potential. In fact, when the draft was coming up, I actually thought, you know, I would have liked, if, if the 49ers had drafted him, I would not have been upset. Yeah in that draft class although they would have had to like, give up a lot to get up there to get him. sure but um no i i uh, i have been impressed with what they've gotten out of golf so far up there in detroit as far as like the overall game goes the packers achilles heel continues to be run defense and this is going back to i mean we could go back to the 20 the nfc championship game after the 2019 yeah. season when Mostert ran for like 280-something yards and Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, barely needed to be there yep. that game. I mean, but year after year, when the Packers run into a team with even a remotely effective run game, they have troubles. And that's why they lost to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Falcons, right? yeah. They barely lost to the Falcons yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. They were in it till the very end. Yep. They, they were not in it this week. Um, they were not. No. So, and and to be a home game like that, I think the Lions kind of uh, came out and, and expressed that the best team in the NFC North right now, the most complete, we'll see where they go from there. So, yeah, the Lions ran up the score early on. Uh, Packers never could get anything going. I'm kind of excited to see where the Lions go this, this year. If, if you didn't know, the, other than, like, Last night, the Lions had never won a game. That's not true. They beat the Chiefs the first game of the year. It's crazy. I know. That's are, like, the, are the Lions really a team this year? Yeah. I think yeah, they, they might are. be. So we were not able to really watch the game last night. We went to the Tina Turner musical at the Pioneer Center. It was very good. But before we left, I watched the first three plays, and I was pretty so going into the game I was not at all optimistic but in the first three plays I was very optimistic they shut him down hard on the first two and then got an interception on the on the third one and uh, they were right there near the red zone and then I watched the offense and all optimism was gone Uh, they got the field goal we left and went to dinner and by the time we got to dinner it was 14 to 3 and the Lions just kept scoring after that so uh, yeah I'm yeah I'm done (laughs) Watching the game, one of the things that I felt coming into the season was that Green Bay needed to establish the run game. And I felt that they were doing that with some of their early draft picks when they drafted two tight ends, I think, in their first three rounds. 
to solidify that run game and you know be able to block on the edge. When you look at their roster composition, their three tight ends are all rookies. They have three rookie wide receivers, and they have three second-year wide receivers. That's it. They have no depth. They have no veterans in that area. And when you're trying to help out a Jordan Love first year, what you need is veteran depth. And that right now speaks to A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. But they didn't use him in the first well, Aaron Jones was out with an injury but he played this week. Right? Oh, did he, he play? Yeah, yeah, he did play. Yeah, Five as I said, I missed the game. Yeah. We were at the Tina Turner show, which, as I mentioned, was very good. <laughs> so their first two drives, six plays, six passes, two resulted in sacks, two resulted in scrambles that ended up incompletions, and the other two was an incompletion and a completion for eight yards. All six of those passes, pass attempts, were on long developing pass plays. And when you have a young quarterback and a young offense, the best way to help out that team is run screens, run the football, flats, quick passes, three-step drops, get the ball out and go. And they did not do that. They did not help Jordan Love at all this game until the second half. They started the second half and they started doing those things. They started doing the the screens, the flats, just the three-step drops, get the ball out of Jordan Love's hands. And too many times in the first half, he was dropping back seven steps, looking around, and because of a decimated offensive line, he was getting crushed. And to me, I don't know that the Packers lost this game because of offensive play calling, but it certainly... It didn't, didn't help. Yeah. Didn't they, help. It no. put them behind the ball, and that's the reason why they were down 27-3 at halftime. Yeah. Unless you see something very specific in a matchup coming out the gate, doing those long-developing mm-hmm. uh, pass plays early in the game, I think that very rarely works out when I see, see it happen. It's, you know, the good, the good coaches come out with, you know, they have a plan. They're going to work it. They're, gonna, they're, they're just going to see what defense, what defense you're going to come with. And everything, and then you know, let it develop. But yeah. I agree with you; the, those long developing pass plays early on can be just killers. And yeah, and it just—it really comes down to they knew David Bakhtiari was going to be. They put him on IR before the game, and it's looking like it might be a season-long injury, career-long injury. He has not played a full season <laughs> since I have been a Packers fan, and that's been a while. So, yes, I, this might be the last we see of Bakhtiari. But it, it could be. But, again, I just go back to year after year, even when they have all of their offensive linemen in there playing, mm-hmm. they have been susceptible, obviously, to one game. They, they don't run the ball. They lean on the pass. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to their defense, they give up yards against effective run teams. Yeah. And they just haven't been able to figure that out. I mean, you look at just about every playoff game that the Niners have beat them in. Mm-hmm. The Niners have run the ball on them. Run the ball on them. Yeah. So. And it'll be interesting moving forward if Matt LaFleur can make those adjustments because clearly he was able to get away with that with Aaron Rodgers. And now he has to reevaluate where he's at. And if you're not going to use Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, you're, you're, you're going to be a five or six win team. And people who are fans of Green Bay were told, hey, we got to be patient with Jordan Love. 
But at the same time, like you can still win games and be patient with a quarterback. And I just don't feel that they're putting their team in a position to win games. You did beat the Bears. <laughs> that is true. And the Saints. Well, Denver's, so Denver's about to beat the Bears, so oh, okay. we'll, we'll get into that. Spoiler later. alert. And, and the Saints had uh, Derek Carr go out, so it was Jameis Winston. Hey, that guy was a high draft pick, I think. Ten years ago? Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this week's games. Let's do that. Washington at Philadelphia. Damn. I was looking at this game, and really the spread being eight and a half with the way the Eagles have started the season, taking Philly to cover that eight and a half is a risk. The Commodores have shown some resiliency in the game. I'm sorry, the who? Yeah, the the Washington Commodores. Okay. (laughs) Uh, They've shown some resiliency in games this season, but this last week, Howell looked terrible. I think this is the week that the Eagles offense could start to click, and they win by two scores. So I'm saying, like, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. I think they, I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles to cover that eight-and-a-half spread. I'll also be taking the Philadelphia Eagles. And for these reasons, first of all, Washington gave up nine sacks last week. And uh, that's, that's just a statement, but it does come into my analysis a little bit. So we got to ask, so can the Washington defense slow down Philly's ground game? Philly is great on the ground. I don't think so. I don't think this is going to be quite the runaway, but I do think that the Eagles will cover eight and a half. So after the first two weeks, I thought I had gotten good at football picks somehow, despite not following the offseason or watching any non-primetime games outside of red zone. Week three showed me that was not the case. Case in point, I tried to be clever and pick the Buccaneers against the Eagles and the Commanders against the Bills, knowing they would lose, but thinking they could keep it within the spread. Not going to make that mistake this week. Math says the Eagles are going to win by 17. That feels about right. I got the Eagles. Yeah, this this is a big week for Washington, as they need to show last week's score was not a sign of things to come. What hasn't been ideal is the slow starts against bad teams, culminating in last week's beatdown. How Sam Howell bounces back from a four-interception game will be critical to the direction the commanders go the rest of the season. For Philly, they need to take advantage of the slow commander starts and don't allow them to get back in the game. It does appear the Eagles are better at scoring in the second half of games this year as as opposed to last year, but this offense still isn't clicking on all cylinders, but until Sam Howell shows what he can do, I have to pick the Eagles in this game. I believe you mean the Commodores. Who leads them? Uh, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. Nice. Better quarterback than Sam Howell. Too soon. Miami at Buffalo. Adam. So speaking of nine sacks, (laughs) Buffalo faced up against Washington last week. But let's let's keep in mind that uh, Miami's O-line is not Washington's O-line. These two totally different games. But still... I think Buffalo's going to give Tua a run for his money. It's going to be challenging. Miami has work to do, but I can see them winning it outright, so uh, I am going with Miami. Yeah, so in that Bills-Commanders game I was talking about, the Bills won by 34 points. Pretty good. But the Dolphins won by 50. That's going to fuck my math up for the rest (laughs) of the season. I'll probably just pick the Dolphins from here on out regardless of the spread. My math has the Dolphins winning by one here, and that also feels right. I'm going with the Dolphins. 
You know, the NFL wishes it could flex this game in place of a terrible Kansas City-New York Jets matchup, but it can't, so it stays at 10 a.m. kickoff. This is going to be a fun game. Jalen Waddell is back. Pair him with Tyreek Hill and a suddenly potent run game, and Miami fans have to be licking their lips for what this team can accomplish. All Tua needs to do is just get the ball to his playmakers. So Buffalo will have the unenviable task of trying to keep up with the Dolphins. They have the pieces and looked great last week and seem to have resolved some of their issues, but if they want to win this game, they need to be stubborn and run the football and let James Cook eat up the clock. I know this is a home game for Buffalo, but I don't know how Miami isn't favored in this game. I'm taking Miami. Yeah, that's a good point about Buffalo needing to run the ball to potentially win this game. Historically, they, they don't do it. You know, that's one thing that, that people have said year after year. If the Bills only had a good run game, not even a great run game, just a solid run game, no. who knows what they could have done. I'm not too surprised that the Dolphins are road underdogs in the divisional game. You know, it happens. The Bills are the Bills. And the Dolphins don't get to play the Broncos every week, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, if they could... You know, they, they, they'd be the best offense in history. So I think this is going to be a good test for the Dolphins' offense. I think they will continue to roll. I'm just going to take the Finns because they're getting two and a half. And what I saw from that offense last week, they were explosive. I don't see any reason why they won't continue that. Obviously, they're not going to put up another 70. But, you know, if they can, if they can get to, you know, 24-plus, I think they have a good chance to win this game. Arizona at San Francisco. Aaron. I don't know what's going on with the Cardinals. My math has the 49ers winning by 14.3, which greater than less than fans might know is less than 14.5. But I'm going to chalk up last week's Cowboys-Cardinals game as a fluke, and 49ers dominate the Cardinals at home. I got the Cardinals. Wait. That's stupid. What's wrong with me? 49ers dominate the Cardinals at home. I got the 49ers. <laughs> you could leave that in. This point spread is rough. The Cardinals aren't going to creep up on anyone again, but they should be a strong litmus test for what teams are good and what teams aren't. San Francisco should bottle up the run game better than the Cowboys, but the 49ers have looked average at defending the run to this point, and they did luck out without having to face Saquon Barkley. I'd feel better if San Francisco was humming on offense, and while they have been putting up points, it feels like they are leaving a lot on the field still. And if Debo misses this game, it will be back-to-back games with one of their star receivers missing a game. I am going to pick San Francisco to cover, but I won't be shocked if they don't. Hmm, interesting. For some reason, the Arizona Cardinals always seem to play the 49ers stuff. We have struggled to stop James Conner, I believe. Yes. James Conner in the past. I don't think that will be the case this time around as the 49ers defense should stuff the middle and they have the linebacker speed to cover sideline to sideline. I know they haven't done great against the run yet this year, but I think they're going to come into their own this game. Uh, However, the offense needs to finish drives, which is something the Cowboys couldn't do. All that aside, 14 and a half is really difficult to take. So I'm going with a 49ers victory but the cards cover. Score prediction, 30-17. to 17. Ooh. Score prediction. Fancy. 
So for San Francisco, McCaffrey has scored in the last, he has scored a touchdown in the last 12 games, and he is thirsty for more. He's going for a record. Uh, San Francisco's offense is going to wear down the Cardinals for an easy win, but 14 points is a big ask. So I am going with the Cardinals to cover 49ers win. Kansas City at the New York Jets. I'm not sure why the Chiefs didn't try to score 70 points against the Bears last week, but my theory is they wanted to do it against the Jets this week. And it is time to start picking on the Jets because Joe Douglas has screwed up this quarterback room. How long was Rodgers really going to be playing for this team? And why didn't they get another young quarterback to learn under Rodgers? Because Zach Wilson was known to not be the answer. And now the Jets are in danger of losing all of this talented youth they have accumulated because what will Rodgers have after a year away from football? I was skeptical to what he could be this year. And now he has to rehab a few months removed from being close to the decision of retirement. I'm taking the Chiefs. Personally, I think this will be one of Taylor Swift's finest concerts. <laughs> She's playing in the the, uh, the what is the MetLife Stadium. New York's gonna be rocking for her. Apparently, they're doing some sort of little thing prior to this, like some foosball extravaganza. I don't know. Anyway. So I'm going with Taylor Swift. All kidding aside, this one probably won't be close. I really do like the Jets' defense, but, man, they have no hope with Zach Wilson. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs. So I think you guys are focusing too much on the offense, and uh, Mahomes is up against what I think is an elite defense for the Jets, and I think they're going to keep him in check. So Kansas City will win, but I don't think they're going to win by 10. For that reason, I'm going with the Jets. Chiefs are a good team. Jets are not a good team. Taylor Swift is some kind of witch in the magical sense, not in the misogynistic sense. Math says Chiefs win by 19. That also feels right. I got the Chiefs. And somehow Taylor Swift kicks a field goal. I hate her so much. I hate that this is a talking point. Seattle at New York Giants. Damn. Honestly, I was a little surprised at the half-point spread. I don't want Seattle to win, but I don't trust Danny Dimes and this Giants team. And Dable has not done justice to that Coach of the Year award he won last year. I think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to go out to MetLife, enjoy the Taylor Swift concert, and then uh, beat the New York football Giants. I think this game is a battle of losing teams. First of all, Geno Smith did throw for 300 yards in the last two games. The Giants have allowed 28 or more points in the last three games. But the Seahawks' defense is also horrible. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. It may be one of those games where whoever has the ball last is going to wind up with the win. However, last week, the Giants went 3-for-12 in third-down conversions, which doesn't speak well for their offense. Just for those reasons, I think this is going to be a, a horrible game to watch all around, and I'm going to go for Seattle. The Giants played the 49ers tougher than I thought they would, but not enough to cover the spread. Seahawks have been pretty good at covering the spread. Not really sure why the Giants are favored here. 
If the Seahawks can beat the Lions in Detroit, surely they can beat the Giants in New York. Math has them winning by 18. Pretty sure that math is wrong. But I don't see the Giants winning a lot of games this year. I've got the Seahawks. I really hate the NFL sometimes. <laughs> there is no reason to have the New York teams play back-to-back primetime games twice in four weeks. Daniel Jones is not that good. The Giants are not that good. Geno Smith doesn't have that clout. The Giants are holding on for their life, and I don't see them being a threat in the NFC. Seattle isn't perfect, but they have enough offensive weapons to win this game and send New York into a free fall. Now let's get into the card. Jacksonville, two and a half point favorites over Atlanta in London. I'm selecting Atlanta. I am also going with the Falcons run game Trouts. Falcons. Jaguars. Buffalo, two and a half point favorites over Miami. I've selected Miami. Uh, Miami keeps rolling. That offense is spectacular. Miami's the best team in the NFL right now. I'm going with Miami. Dolphins. Minnesota, three and a half point favorites at Carolina. I've selected Minnesota. I am also going with the Vikings. Also Vikings. This is the Vikings week. Unanimous means that's it for will you, not Mike. be the Vikings. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, 100%, Mike. The Panthers win by four. <laughs> Denver, three and a half point favorites at Chicago. I've selected Denver. Uh, yeah, despite how embarrassed they were last week, I am going with the Broncos because the Bears are that bad. Also the Broncos. Nobody is as bad as the Broncos. I've got the Bears. Lone Wolf. <laughs> Cleveland, two and a half point favorites over Baltimore. I've selected Baltimore. I am going with the Browns. Also the Browns. Browns. Pittsburgh, three and a half point favorites at Houston. I've selected Houston. I'm going with Pittsburgh. Uh, I wanted to go with Pittsburgh, but I went with Houston just for a gamble. I'm told the Pittsburgh punter is out this week. Oh. I'm going for the gamble. I'm going for the Steelers. That's information I did not have. Too late now. (laughs) Indianapolis, .5 favorite against the Los you can do it. I forgot how to read. <laughs> what are these things on my page? <laughs> Indianapolis, half-point favorite over the Los Angeles Rams. I've selected Indianapolis. I am also going with Indy here. I'm going with the Rams. Colts. New Orleans, three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've selected Tampa Bay. We all know how much of a fan I am of the Tampa Bay quarterback, Maker Bayfield. And uh, Jameis Winston might be the quarterback for the Saints, who used to be the quarterback for the Buccaneers. I think this time the Buccaneers eat a win. You know, Fina. Going with the Saints. I have no idea what any of that meant. Yeah, I think this Baker Mayfield kid's got something. I got the Buccaneers. Philadelphia, eight and a half point favorites over Washington. I've got Philadelphia. I'm also Philly. Also Philly. Fly, Eagles, fly. Cincinnati, two and a half point favorites at Tennessee. I have Cincinnati. I didn't like the way I saw um, Joe Burrow pull up a little bit lame in that game. I'm going with the Titans here. Surprise win. I'm going with the Bengals. Walk like an Egyptian. I got the Bengals. San Diego, five and a half point favorites over Las Vegas. I have San Diego. 
Uh, the Los Angeles Superchargers will defeat the Jimmy Garoppolo-less Raiders. Also the Chargers, reluctantly. Sorry, I'm talking too much. I should Chargers. Dallas, six and a half point favorites over New England. I have Dallas. Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> with Patriots. Cowboys bounce back. Cowboys. You're talking too much, Aaron. San Francisco, 14 and a half point favorites over Arizona. I have San Francisco. Cardinals backdoor cover this 14 and a half spread. Yeah, I agree. Cardinals. Niners. Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites at New York Jets. I have Kansas City. Chiefs. Have the Jets. I had them both circled. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to check our card? <laughs> it's just one of those games I was very indecisive on. Okay. Chiefs. New York Giants, half point favorite over Seattle. I have Seattle. 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 Seahawks. Oh, that means they're going to lose. For sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm okay with that. I am too. Great episode, everybody. We'll see you next episode. Stay safe. <laughs>